What happens to one in eight women in the United States? What happens? Breast cancer. That's what we're going to talk about today. So Tamara, it's so great to have you. Tamara is actually our patient director of our incredible foundation called AIRS. So I'm going to have to tell you, this is my, um, this is a foundation that I co-founded with two of my close friends, um, Morgan Hare and Genty Dendlinger, and we wanted to do something to give back. And giving back to women with breast cancer is incredible, and it's very, it's a great thing to do, and it really helps to truly give back, but also to help people that really need your help. So, so Tamara, tell me a little bit about you. Now, Tamara, uh, obviously, you're amazing. You have done so much, and you, you've been an incredible volunteer from the beginning. So, Tamara, tell me, tell me about your story. I mean, you're, you were born and raised in Texas. Yes. First of all, I would just like to say thank you for having me. It's really an honor to be here and to represent the Ayers Foundation. Um, as you know, um, I am a native Texan, proud native Texan, hence the... We love that. Yes, hence the the uh, accent, but I'm born and raised just north of Dallas in a very small town of about 16,000 people, named one of the most patriotic cities in America, actually. So. Oh, and what was that? Gainesville. Of course. Yeah, yes, yeah. I know where Gainesville is. And so when I was 39 years old, I was very surprised to be diagnosed with very aggressive, invasive ductal carcinoma. Um, I was healthy, probably the best health of my life, and went for a workout, came home, took a shower, and found a lump. And uh, subsequently went to my, my doctor and had imaging, which I had just had a mammogram not too long before that. Um, I ultimately found out that I had dense breast tissue and, uh, you know, which puts women at a higher risk for breast cancer diagnosis and uh, was found to have a highly aggressive breast cancer. And so then I went through really aggressive treatment. Uh, of course, I went through chemotherapy and with it being triple positive breast cancer, um, I went through antibody treatment with, right. you know, HER2 positive. I did Herceptin, um, about six months of chemo and followed by radiation. And then after that, I started the reconstructive process, which was quite lengthy as well. And so um, after probably about a year and a half of treatment, I started that process and had a prophylactic mastectomy, and then that's when I did the chemo. Came back and had um, expanders and did a latissimus dorsi flap reconstruction. That's a muscle from the back? Yes. Wow. And so, what a journey. And the journey continued, right? It did. It did continue. The story I thought might end there, but after the latissimus dorsi flap, um, I had a revision surgery and then they did the implant exchange, which I really had a great result, great symmetry. I was really happy with the result. I had an incredible surgeon um, and everything was fine. And that was a great result for about a decade. But because of some radiation problems and also just right. problems with symmetry over, over time and age and different things, um, this year, although I didn't think I would become the patient again, um, in February, I started over in essence with a deep flap to create my own tissue for breast um, reconstruction. And I've had a couple of revisions. So I think I'm about nine or 10 surgeries in, but I think I'm almost there. That's right. Amazing, Tamara. Thank you. You, you rock. I mean, she's not only an amazing woman, she's a survivor, but she just, what you see is what you get. And, and you know, you. that's why you are such an amazing advocate 
because you've lived it, you've done it, and now you're helping others get through it and look at you. And I, I'm, I'm just applaud what you've done. And she had excellent care at UT Southwestern. Absolutely. And it continues to do it. And her two plastic surgeons are rock stars. So kudos to them. Yes. And they really have helped us a lot in AIRS. So, so what is AIRS? You know, what is it? Why do do we form it? It's a nonprofit uh, foundation that actually it's dedicated to helping women to support them, educate them, and then financially help them get breast reconstruction if they don't have the means, whether they're underinsured or no insurance. You know, primarily in Texas, but we've helped women from all around the U.S. It's been unbelievable. The need is so great. When I first talked to Morgan and Genty about this, uh, when they asked me what should we do to give back, they, I said, it's very obvious. Mm-hmm. Help women that can't get breast reconstruction. I think over 280,000 women get breast cancer in the United States every year, and 100,000 of those or more get some type of breast uh, reconstruction. But so many more could do it, but they can't afford to do it, or they don't have the means. And more importantly, sometimes, even though it's a law, they're not told about the options, right? Absolutely. You know, that's one reason I got involved. I felt very blessed. You know, I was one that um, I had a great job. I had a great uh, insurance plan. And reconstructive surgery for me was not even a question. It was just a matter of going through the process to the next stage. Um, I had uh, all the options were provided. I was able to make decisions about my care and which route I wanted to go with reconstruction. And not all women... Um, had that option. Right, and exactly. And of course, you went to UT Southwestern. It's yes. got a great breast care center, and of course, but, you know, so go, go to a breast care center that's integrated with breast surgeons, oncologists, radiologists, Absolutely. plastic surgeons. They all work as a team. This is a team effort. This is yes. not a solo deal. And I think that's what's important. And of course, you're right. You were very fortunate because you got, you got into an incredible system. And in Dallas, there's, you know, several other incredible breast care centers. And I think that's fortunate. But that's not always the case, is it? No, it's not the case. In fact, um, you know, over the past 10 years or so that I've been working with heirs, you know, I've learned so much, but there's so many women that literally are not provided their reconstructive options. When they finish with their treatment, um, it's just they don't really know where to go. And sometimes they have nurse navigators, but still oftentimes they're left with more questions than answers. And so that's one reason they turn to us. Um, Sometimes they're looking for information on options, reconstructive options. Other times they are looking for a surgeon. They don't know how to find a surgeon that's in network. They don't know how to find a board certified um, plastic surgeon that specializes in reconstructing, reconstruction or the type of reconstruction that they want to have. And so um, one thing is common though with all women that come to us, there are some similarities and most of these women are just depleted. You know, they have went through you, the breast construction. They're just worn out. They're, they're worn just out. worn out. It's, worn you know, out. a lot of times. Um, They've been through radiation. They've ab- had the mastectomy. Absolutely. And they're tired. They yes. want to get back to being normal. Yes. If they can. Yes. They are um, emotionally depleted, financially depleted, Psycho- physically, mentally. And so it's very stressful to go through the process. Now, sometimes we also accept applications from women who have not yet 
uh, went through breast cancer. There uh, may be a genetic mutation. Um, we call them pre-vivors instead of survivors. Um, and they have to have prophylactic mastectomies and reconstruction. We still support those women. Because a um, lot of those aren't covered, right? It's amazing. Right. It's amazing. Even if they have good insurance, they're not going to cover providers. Right. You know? Yeah. And in, in, um, so these women come to us in all different stages of the process, but they are all um, very depleted. And we've found that the mental and uh, emotional impact, it's not just a matter of talking to a woman and trying to improve her self-esteem through reconstruction, it's far deeper than that. For many women, they really struggle um, emotionally and mentally, and they struggle with depression and anxiety when they don't have the ability to restore their self or their sense of self with mastectomy being an amputation. Right. And and that's really a cold hard fact. And, and yes. that's where you're so amazing because you've been there, done it, and you can tell them all about the process. I mean, right. you've been through the hard road and you're back and look how amazing you look Thank now. You. And so that's why Tamara is so incredible. And you know, the need is so great. So tell us about, I want to ask you about the process. So tell me about you know, in a short summary, the process, how do you get into the system? Because you're right, you know, people sometimes, I get, I help my patients that, you know, and of course I'm fortunate because I can send them to you and I can send them to all my colleagues in, in, that do breast cancer reconstruction. But how does a patient get to errors? How do they get to you? Absolutely. So um, really we try to make the process simple as, as, as possible for women. We have an online application at our website, which is www.airsfoundation.org, and that's A-I-R-S foundation.org. Uh, there's a link there to apply now, and there's a checklist that tells them the types of documents we will need with income verification and breast cancer diagnosis, things like that. And, and then, we do that because we want to we want to make sure that yes. first of all we're nonprofits so that you know almost all of our donations and by the way if you can donate to our causes phenomenal because the need is great you know they go to taking care of our patients absolutely and the financial remuneration so we have to do we have to make sure who and what you are but also just to give you an overview so financially it's something that we can help you with right yes. and that, that and most of them are in need to do that Yes, and so the application is online um, and asks some basic information about where they're from and we ask for their story, uh, what we call a statement of need, just to get a little bit of who they are and um, what they've been through and what exactly is it that they're requesting assistance with. So what we do help with is we help with grants to cover the cost of reconstruction, uh, reconstructive surgery. Sometimes that's in the form of a copay assistance for their insurance. Mm -hmm. And other times we find uh, other resources or help at hospitals that have uh, financial aid programs. Sometimes we have to, you know, work our magic, as we as we say, to to find resources because, as you know, uh, the cost of reconstruction can be very very expensive, and so. We help with those things. We also help with uh, areola tattooing, which oftentimes and surprisingly is not covered by some insurance plans. And we, and we take care of that. Yeah. Yes. And so we uh, we have an amazing group of professional partners that we're able to work with at times for discounts and uh, that, that we can refer patients to if they don't know where to go in their area. Yeah. And what Tamara does so beautifully, and I get copies of these. Uh, all the time the stories are unbelievable and basically we get them into the system we help educate them support them and then financially as well and we get them to the right doctors and the other thing is we, you know most of the time the physicians are not the issue they will do it non 
gratis or at a very, very minimal fee, but it's the hospitals and outpatient surgery centers that sometimes we have to negotiate with. And, and many of them in the end will, will cut their fees somewhat, but, but you know, that's a process too, because it just allows them to get the reconstruction they want by the right surgeon in their, in, in their locale if possible, right? But we get them best care. We do. We try to get the best care and we try to um, work with all women of all backgrounds. That's one beautiful thing about AIRS is, you know, we have women from every ethnic background, every location. I think we've served 40 uh, states of the United States and we help women that are really the underserved population that really need right. help that they would not get. And one of the biggest things that we get in the form of feedback from women that write to us after we've helped them is they say, you know, I went everywhere for help. I couldn't find help. I couldn't find the resources. I couldn't find the information. I couldn't find the doctors. And I certainly couldn't find a grant. And so if we're able to fund it, we will fund it. And if we can't fund it, we'll do our best to find resources to help the person receive the reconstruction they need to really be restored. And that's what it's all about. Right. So Tamara, tell me, you know all these stories, but tell me a really good, a really good uh, history and story of a patient that's so heartwarming that we helped, and just to give you an idea of what Ayers does, just think of who who would who would, who comes to mind, in, wow. in just in general terms, right. because I know we can't, but you know, because I, I hear and see those stories all the time, and I get all those thank you letters that yes. you forward to us yes. that are truly heartwarming. It's unbelievable. So they are. So. So we really go from heartbreak to heartwarming because yeah. when we get those original applications and yeah. statements of need and where these women are to where we're able to take them, um, it is really heartbreaking. Right. And hopefully we can turn some of their lives around. But to pick just one, oh man, it's just almost impossible to pick one. But I will say that, you know, I've learned that breast cancer doesn't happen in a vacuum. Right. You know, these women that apply, they're dealing with all sorts of things in life. You know, they may have just lost a parent during the COVID pandemic. Uh, they may have been just laid off from their job. Um, after a breast cancer diagnosis, their husband is diagnosed with another form of cancer and they're both fighting cancer. They lost their, their home, their daughter's gone missing. Um, we have, there's so many stories swirling in my head, but the ones that really stick out to me are typically ones that were maybe young like me and had everything in life going their way and then they were hit with this, this diagnosis that they didn't expect. They may have young children, you know, but a lot of their husbands walk away. Right. And these are women that are, you know, working and trying to raise their children. And the ones that really tug at my heartstrings are the ones that are trying to pay the bills for their kids. And they're trying to make decisions about their health and feeling like a woman and being restored, but also making sure that their children and their parents are taken care of and struggling and feeling guilty somewhat right. of should I feel guilty about trying to take care of myself? Because so many women are felt feel guilty about surviving cancer. And some people think, well, that should be enough. You survive, just be happy you've survived. But women it's have this. Enough. No, it's not. And women feel guilty about expecting that their bodies be restored. So the women that started in such a heartbreaking place and then we are able to get them, you know, we don't just um, help them with the physical reconstruction. But it starts a reconstruction of the mental component, the emotional component. They regain their self-esteem. And to see the stories, you know, a few years down the road of how they've been able to recover, those are just so heartwarming to me. 
Yeah, no, that's great. I mean, you go from heart wrenching to heartwarming, and, yes. and you know, you're so right. I mean, every one of those is just so un- unbelievably, you know, it just it wants you to wants mm-hmm. us to do more, give more, and yes. do that again and again because these are real life stories, real life people, and they are, and it it. It's pervasive. It it strikes anybody and everyone. One in eight in in, in American women, and so I and think younger and younger. We're seeing so yeah. many young. I said younger women like me. I was thirty nine at the time, and of course we have women that are up, you know, into their seventies or, or more that still want reconstruction, and that's great too. But we're seeing women in their twenties. I know, you know, young women that maybe have not even yet married and had children, and they're having to worry about fertility issues. So there's so there's just such a range. But you know, the commonality is that these women deserve to be restored and have their mental health, their physical health, and their emotional health restored. And that's really what we try to, you know, help them with patient advocates to support them and just be alongside them so they don't feel alone in the process. Right, and that's so unique. That's the unique aspect about heirs. We support, we educate, and we financially do so as well. And and really, that is a rare thing in the nonprofit foundation area. And that's why, you know, I'm so proud to be part of that with you and Tamara. Thank you. You know, you are such an amazing woman. What you've done, I mean, you change lives every day. And, Thank you. And that's a big deal. I mean, I mean, so few people do that in, in a way that you do. And giving back, I mean, I tell you, that that's what, you know, I love. I love being around people and being part of a group that does that. So, and if you want to donate to heirs we're certainly happy to do that through heirs foundation and 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 again you're i'm going to have you give um, the um the the website again here at the end because i think the other things are always do a breast exam monthly breast exam and when you get your mammogram annually make sure you get a a high resolution ultrasound because like you yes a, a regular mammogram misses sometimes small cancers in the breast but unless you have a high high density uh, if a high density breast which is very common so get an ultrasound get a high resolution ultrasound with it demand that okay in some state, states that's actually mandated so do that you know your best health is you being informed you know we want to help you be a better and more informed you and isn't that what you want to do so what are the take-home messages and how do they reach you again uh, through the heirs foundation tamara well the take-home message is just that heirs is here and stands to help you know i think like you said we fill a gap Uh, there's so many great nonprofits out there there's a lot of great breast cancer organizations out there but what's really unique is that we have this component that really speaks to the emotional and mental healing from breast cancer. So we're here to help if someone needs resources, information, or support through their journey, uh, they can reach out to us at airsfoundation.org. That's A-I-R-S foundation.org. That's right, it's amazing. It's the bridge from heart wrench to heartwarming. And you have been an incredible bridge to make that And I have to say that, you know, we have a small but mighty team. You know, I don't get to do all of this all on my own. You know, we have, we have help, and um, we, when we need help all the time through the advocates and volunteers, and, and really the, the heart of the Heirs Foundation, and so important to what we do. Yep, no, I agree. And thank you again thank you. for your time today, and I really appreciate everything you do. And, thank you. Uh, have a great holiday season. You so, too. again, helping make you a better you and make yourself a more educated you. So, thank you again for joining us, and this is a season of giving. And giving back is important. So remember Errors Foundation is an incredible charity that gives back to everyone.